and welcome to the Natural History Podcast. It has been a few weeks since I last made an episode. A big sorry to my four listeners. I began writing a follow-up to the last Extinction episode and became bogged down in research. Matters were made much worse when some building work on my house began and since then we've discovered an 8 foot deep sinkhole below the kitchen floor. So, as I said, a follow-up episode is on its way as I feel the Extinctions episode may have raised more questions than answered. But in the meantime, to break up those long days staring out of a window just hoping for the next Natural History podcast, here is something to keep you occupied. So, let's begin. Fossils, what are they? Well, that's easy. They are the remains of animals long gone. Correct? And indeed you would be. For the Cambridge Dictionary describes fossils as an old person, especially one who will not accept new ideas. Oh wait, hold on, let me scroll down. Okay, right, let's try again. A fossil, as described by the Cambridge Dictionary is part of a plant or animal or its shape that has been preserved in rock or earth for a long period of time. And that is a great description, but take note of the wording. Part of or its shape, because fossils don't have to be the actual animal. For there are five different types of fossil. Body fossils are only one type. We also have footprints, which are also known as trace fossils. These can be burrows and tracks as well. They can often point to an animal which paleontologists have not yet found and only know through the tracks and footprints they leave behind. Next we have moulds. This is where an impression of the body is left, not the actual fossil. If you split a rock open and find a fossil, one half will often have the body and the other half will be the mould of the body. Fourth up, petrification. It is the process of turning the fossil into minerals. As the body decays, minerals replace the body and that gives us the colourful shiny fossils we see. If they are dull, they are simple body fossils or moulds. If they have crystals, you are looking at petrification. Finally, we have coprolites, fossilised dung. These are also found in the stone format by the time they reach us, rather fortunately. And they are a wealth of information as they often shed light on feeding habits. Now we know what a fossil is, but how do we make one? Well, the French writer Voltaire thought they were the remains of leftover picnics with pilgrims slinging aside old fish remains. This method could work eventually, more by luck than design, and it would take a few million years, not 100 years, to fossilise a fish. No, instead imagine an ammonite jetting along under the sea. Then suddenly, it dies. Its eyes turn to crosses and it sinks to the seabed. Now, depending upon where it lands, depends on if it will fossilise or not. As if this ammonite is coastal and lands on a nice calm seabed, it will be devoured by anything that can land its little fins on it. However, if our ammonite lands in a delta, the area where the river meets the sea, or somewhere else that has a lot of sediment moving very fast, swamps and rivers for instance, then it has a chance of becoming a fossil. The reason we need fast moving mud is to bury the body. 
The barrier will keep it from being exposed to oxygen, which is key, for oxygen is a funny element. It is high in energy but also very destructive. It assists in the decomposition process after death. However, if we take that oxygen away, the ammonite body will not break down in the usual manner. Instead, it will begin to fossilize. The Burgess Shale in Canada is a famous example of rapid burial. It was an underwater landslide that buried a whole ecosystem alive. It happened during the Cambrian period 500 million years ago. We are quite lucky because of this, we know so much of life back then and the fossils it produced are the most weird and wonderful in the world ever. Not so lucky for the Cambrian fauna, however. There are other methods to fossilization than just rapid burial. Being frozen is the obvious example. There, we completely stop the decomposition, and that is how we find perfectly preserved woolly mammoths. We can also dry the body out. Think of dried fruit. There, we have artificially kick-started the preservation process. That is how you can keep raisins in a jar for years, whereas a jar of grapes would turn to mush fairly quickly. However, to actually become a fossil is a very rare thing. Less than 1% of everything that was once alive has made it into the fossil record. The other 99% of life, well, we have no idea. Whole species that we will never know about because they are not fossilised. The final fossil to mention today is oil, natural gas and coal, which we burn, of course, in our cars and homes. These two are a type of fossil. Oil and gas are originally made up of the most unsuspecting living being of all, plankton, algae and even fish. As they die, their bodies fall to the seabed where the bacteria will start to make light work of decomposing, the plankton and other similar organisms. A layer of sand or mud will then bury the dead organisms along with the hungry bacteria. This prevents oxygen from reaching the bacteria and without it the bacteria soon perish. With the plankton unable to decompose it will slowly turn into oil and gas, which at some point will start to try and seep up to the surface. As it moves up through the porous rocks like sandstone which is filled with lots of little gaps. And we can see that in Kimmeridge Bay in Dorset, where the oil has permeated its way up through all the rocks and is slowly seeping its way out. However, if that oil and gas become trapped by a solid wall of rock and cannot permeate its way through the surface, it becomes trapped. Then we oil companies come along, crack the top open and extract the oil. They don't call it fossil fuel for nothing. And that is all we have time for for today. I will try to get a few more episodes out a bit faster, but life is just a little bit chaotic at the moment, so sorry about that. But anyway, thank you for listening to the Natural History Podcast.